0: And we are both exhausted tonight. So we're not sure what's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: We've <laughs> Anthony and I have both had just some days and you know, the you know, the human experience you're gonna go through days that are just kind of nightmares. And Anthony yes. and I, I think both had days like that today.
0: Whew. Um It was a work man. Today was a piece of work, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know what? Tomorrow may be better.
0: That's right. You know. You know what though? It's funny that today was a piece of work, and and we're not. So we're not recording on our normal night. Mm-hmm. This is a Tuesday. We typically record on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but our passage tonight, man, it is so good, and and honestly, it is so applicable to
1: today. Yeah, <laughs> it I, really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I was typing up the notes, which this is 117 episodes. I don't think I've typed up the notes ever. Um, <laughs> Anthony is usually the one that does it. But as I was typing up the notes today, I was just going through and like some of the things that we were hitting on. I was like, I need this and I need this <laughs> and I need this. Like, I just need the whole the whole discussion we're going to have tonight. So I, I, I think what I yes, think we're going to end up having a great discussion tonight, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, almost in spite of our circumstances, which is kind of That's what right. we've been talking about what? the last few weeks. What? Yeah. Craziness. Ludicrous. It's like God Craziness. is providential and plans everything out. You better stop for his with that. people
0: you better stop with that heresy you determinist you
1: <laughs> is that heresy
0: no it's not heresy. Okay. i don't want to i don't want to be a heretic no some people some people would like to call determinist heretics but uh but alas they can't because it's in the bible so there you go that's awkward
1: okay so um i don't think we want to dive too much into our you know how how we're doing like we said we're recording on Tuesday we just yeah. recorded last Thursday so not a whole lot of time has passed but uh no in our days were our days just kind of sucked let's be honest <laughs> if,
0: if I talked about my day I would cuss a lot more than I did last week so we'll just put it yeah in that. let's let's not do that so instead <laughs> Anthony let's
1: get right into our beer review for the week what are you going to be drinking tonight tonight
0: I'm going to have the Fest beer from Highwire Brewing and it is a lager that is brewed in the style of uh, Oktoberfest. So, yeah, this is a lager, um, and it says it's brewed from Upsprung Fest malt, from the Epiphany Craft Malt. I'm not sure where they get that from. But this is essentially a kind of Oktoberfest beer, um, but more like just a traditional lager. And... Hmm. Not a whole, not a whole lot on it. Uh, there's not a whole lot on their website. It, you can buy it, but there's really, that's pretty much it. they the like, yeah, you can look, buy
1: it. Does the can look like every other high wire can? Just about, yes.
0: That's it's a little different. Yeah, they do. I love their logo on the back, though. Their logo is cool. Mm-hmm.
1: High wire, yeah, I mean, high wire has some interesting stuff.
0: They do. It's just a plain can. Uh, it does come in sixteen ounce cans, so I am a little excited about that.
1: Um, but yeah, that's what I have. What do you have for tonight? So tonight I am also going back to a brewery we've done. I have found from the Cherry Street Brewing Company based in Cumming, Georgia, the Stay Frosty Imperial Oat Cream IPA. Um again, not a whole lot anywhere on I mean, Cherry Street Brewing didn't have it on their website. The only information I can find on it is from Untapped. Um. And here's what here's what that says. It's named in honor of the passing of the six string master Eddie Van Halen. Uh, the super smooth, generously hopped IPA is erupting with flavor from the mosaic and galaxy hops. Spear also has an extra help, extra helping of flaked oats and lactose for a silky smooth mouthfeel. Um,
0: not gonna lie, that does not appeal to me at all. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're not a huge fan of the IPAs. Um, Not they're oat hit, things. They're hit or miss for me. Um, this mm. one is um, I'm a little concerned. It's 8.8 ABV <laughs> and no IBUs, which is weird for an IPA because IPAs are intrinsically bitter.
0: I wonder if they just didn't list it because it might be like so high or something crazy I don't like know. that.
1: I did find out talking about IPAs. Um, I forget who makes it, but Atlanta United has an IPA that is offered at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. On tap, mm-hmm. and um, the bowling alley I go to has it in their bar now. Nice the bowling alley, I, I bowl in a weekly league, so they've, they've got it in their uh, bar now. I saw that, I saw a sign on the window the uh last night, I guess, and I was like, oh, that's cool because that's actually a pretty decent IPA, and then I ended up not getting it. So, <laughs> um, but let's crack our beers open and get to drinking, let's because, do it. Just I feel because, like I need
0: one tonight. <laughs> here we go
1: three two one crack ah that traditional IPA smell <laughs> is that the the dirty gym sock smell? I don't get that smell like I like I don't think it smells that way I just think it mm-hmm. smells very hoppy
0: yeah maybe that's what it is. This one just smells I mean it smells like lager, it smells like regular old beer. What, the heck?
1: what are we doing? I mean it just smells like an IPA right now. Looks like an I mean I feel like I, a lot of IPAs look the same too. Yeah.
0: Well, let's turn them up. Let's give them a try and let's see how they treat us tonight. Let's go. Bottoms up.
1: For a split second, I thought your beer was like bright red because that was the cup you're using. (laughs) I was like, that's weird. And then I saw that as your Georgia National Championship Cup. Yes, it is. It's my Georgia National Championship Cup. Hmm.
0: This thing has an interesting flavor for a lager. I read somewhere that it should taste like bread mm-hmm. which I think maybe I like I remember the Oktoberfest stuff having like a nutty feel to it not quite stout but like a little bit darker it's been so long i have no idea <laughs> it has been a while since we did that but this one this one is interesting it's a little bit more i don't even know i don't, I don't know how to describe like i can get the The standard kind of lager flavor is there, Mm -hmm. but the aftertaste, it's almost like the classic city lager. It's very similar to the classic city lager. And that's a good one. I think is where I'd have to, it is. And I say, that's a good, it's not bad. It's not like ride home great, but it's, it's like a slightly modified version of the classic city lager is kind of what it feels like Mm -hmm. and what it tastes like to me. Um, so, I mean, you should know exactly where I'm going to put this. Comparing it to that i'm gonna come in at four luther's on this one mm-hmm. yep. because it's good it's got good flavor the texture is good this is actually i feel like this is one that i would enjoy um if it were laying around i don't know that i'd go out and like search it out and buy it or anything mm-hmm. like that but but it's at least i mean it's got a good flavor and i'm definitely gonna enjoy and i've got three more to go yeah. in the fridge so four luther's on the fest beer for me
1: yeah as you were saying that about like going out and finding it we've we've had 117 different beers at this point yes you know, actually more than that because we <laughs> you and i have reviewed you know different beers for yeah. most of the time we've been doing this podcast um mm-hmm. so i mean we've got over a hundred options to go to go you know go by yeah. if we wanted to re- repeat one um so it would have to be something very like i want that in order for us yeah. to be like going on the hunt for it if we couldn't find it.
0: I um, can tell you one. Sorry. I can tell you one that I have gone and gotten from on tap because I know it's on tap is the from episode 70, the Blood Orange YC from Goat Island. Mm-hmm. That one is one of those ones that I've done that with. Hmm. So there you go. How's yours? How's the oat IPA? So, um,
1: <coughs> I don't really like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that good. Um, I mean... <laughs> So the can actually has a little bit more information than Untapped did. Like I said, the Cherry Street Brewing's website didn't have any information on it at all. Um, let's see here. So the flavor profile is like a tropical punch eruption, is what it calls, is what they call it, and its mouthfeel is as smooth as DLR, which I don't know what that. I don't know what DLR I is. I don't either. Um, I'm not hip to the language. Me neither. Um, I mean, it is pretty smooth, but. Um, That tropical punch thing, I'm think like when I saw that and read it, I was like, Oh, it's gonna be like really sweet like Mm -hmm. tropical punch is. And this tastes like someone tried to make punch but forgot to put sugar in it. (laughs) So it's just and they used all of like the bitter fruits. So like like all the bitter parts of like (laughs) like orange rinds and <laughs> uh lemons and limes and that kind of thing. I mean, I could see where somebody could enjoy this. Um but as far as as far as IPAs go, this is I mean, pretty much about as average as you're gonna get, I think. Um mm-hmm. I mean I get the little bit of the tropical punch flavor, but it's not it's not it's way more bitter than I really wanted it to be. Um I mean, it. They use North Georgia Mountain water. That's kind of cool. Um.
0: So what you're saying is it's very clear and not good.
1: I mean, like here's. Here, I mean, I'm gonna give this three Luther's. Um, oh wow, I thought you might. I thought you might go a two point five on this one. No, I mean it's not that bad. It's better. It's still better than Calek because it actually has flavor. Um. Mm. The flavor is just, just a little, it's not quite what I was expecting. I could see, where, and I was thinking about this, too, when, when we talk about IPAs, like, what scenario would somebody drink an IPA in? Like, with Stouts and Porters, it's like, you're sipping them over a long period of time with maybe a Piper <clears throat> cigar. With mm-hmm. loggers, it's like, you're grilling, or you just got the grass kind of thing. Yeah. Um with dinner even or like sours are kind of this kind of a similar thing or like out on the lake. So like mm-hmm. what would the scenario be where an IPA would fit?
0: Um when you're pouring them down the toilet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I am not a huge IPA fan. No.
1: But I've rated a few of
0: them kind of kinda of high, so there's yeah, that but, too.
1: Um this one's gonna get three Luthers and if uh memory serves me right. That is also what I gave uh, Cherry Street. Let me see. No, I gave their last one four and a half Luthers. The Cherry Limeade thing that I had. I oh, gave yeah. It four and a half Luthers. So, I mean, three Luthers is kind of down the middle of the road here. Um, Which, as I'm thinking now, maybe we need to rethink our rating system altogether. Cause three <laughs> has become like the floor. <laughs> three is the new one. Three is the new one. But five is still five. I don't know. We'll we'll figure w- something out. But um, there you have it. There's our beer review for the week. Yes, sir.
0: And uh, like I said, we're going to dive into Philippians chapter three. And we are going to attempt to tackle the first 11 verses uh, of Philippians chapter three. And it is an encouraging 11 verses. So stick around and we will be right back after this.
1: back anthony and i are uh drinking our beers i almost said enjoying um but (laughs) i'm kind of enjoying mine you're you're enjoying yours i think i'm just tolerating mine (laughs) um (laughs) three luthers that is the new toleration (laughs) i mean in cherry street it's not you it's me um tonight we're going to continue our discussion in philippians we're moving right along here um and we are now into chapter three we have reached the halfway point of the book Um, And we're going to begin chapter 3 tonight, Uh, and like Anthony said, we're going to attempt to discuss, because that's how far our notes go, uh, the first 11 (laughs) verses of chapter 3 in Philippians tonight. So if you have your copy of God's Word, um, we invite you to turn there and uh, to Philippians chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 11. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard, and here is what the Lord says through His Word. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I once also had confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ, More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Paul hits you with a little gut punch here. Yeah.
0: He's um uh, he, he throws it down, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, this is coming, you gotta remember what we're coming out of. Um, he's setting us up as um the example. Christ is the example. He gives two more examples to end chapter two. Um, and then in uh chapter three, starting off chapter three, he's like, Oh yeah. One more thing. Yep. You know, I think one of the commentaries that I was, I was reading to was like, you think this is the end, but then Paul basically just kind of keeps on going. Um, you know, I had the thought, um, while I was, I was reading some of this stuff and, and have you ever, have you ever been somewhere or like at a family reunion or something like that and you're trying to leave and then you start having a conversation, you realize like forty five
1: minutes later that you're still there. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean you're just <laughs> I feel like that happens in church lobbies all the time. Oh yeah. Where you're like, oh, I'm on my <laughs> way out, gonna go grab lunch. And then you see somebody you haven't seen in a couple of weeks and you, you yeah. catch up and it's like, oh, you look around and we're the only ones here. Like, what is even going <laughs> oh, on? It's two thirty in the afternoon. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, something one of the commentaries said it pointed out kind of that whole like just one one more thing that we've talked about a few times already. Yeah. Um, they, they wrote, uh, Paul begins the chapter saying, Finally, my brothers rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and it's safe for you. Uh, many like to compare Paul's word finally to contemporary preachers who seem to never know when to end a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but the word could be translated something like, so then. Um, yeah. He's indicating he's finished with the letter. He's only halfway through. <clears throat> and, and yeah. you know, so... <coughs> It's it's the same that, you know, just one more thing. Paul's, Paul's. you know, we've already talked about that. Paul's mm-hmm. said that a few different times where he goes, hold on, I got one more thing I need to tell you. <laughs> and I have a feeling that's going to come up again before we finish. It probably Bolivians. is. Um, you know, Paul's, he's,
0: he's going to close out the letter in, in the normal fashion with all the exhortations and, and commendations and things like that. But... Here in this passage, he's he's really taking up uh, he's he's taking up the idea of false gospels, and he's reminding the church of what knowing Christ actually is. Yeah, and so he's going to set up a. All I, I'm I'm very careful about these kind of words, but almost a type of litmus test for uh, Christians. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Please, please don't hear that as like this rigorous thing. This is uh, I'm trying to use an analogy to bring this into into contemporary language here, because Paul is going to talk about at first who he was. You know, he's going to list all of his pedigree basically, mm-hmm. and then he's going to talk about later in in these verses. So I think it's like seven through eleven. He's going to talk about what it means and what it looks like to be in Christ. Yeah, and so. There is this, there's this uh, belief, or this doctrine, I guess you could call it, uh, called the assurance of salvation uh, that theologians talk about. And the assurance of salvation is basically when you find yourself in a period or in a season of I don't know, or or something feels off, then you have something to go back to, you have something to ground yourself into that that's that's an assurance. And you yeah. can say, okay, do I see X, 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 and X in my life? Yes. Okay. I am in Christ and and something is off. So I need to, you know, there's there's something that needs to be done. God, you you're teaching me something or you're working something or you're showing me something. What is it? What do I need to learn? And so that's that's really kind of the overarching application, I guess you will, of this passage is yeah. is when you come into a time of, of doubt or or weirdness or whatever it is, don't lean into your pedigree. Don't lean into your ethnicity. Don't lean into your parents were Christians or whatever it is. You know, Paul was the best of all. That's what he tells us. Mm-hmm. Lean into Christ. Lean and, and, and all it does is serve to show that the laser focused people of the gospel is who we're called to be. That's what we're supposed to imitate. That's what Paul has been reiterating over and over and over in this letter. Yeah. And As believers, we have to stay focused on the gospel. Yeah, because if we don't, we're going we're going to lose our way. Yeah, that's just our nature. Yeah,
1: and it really is the whole like that's really the launching point of Mm -hmm. chapter three, right? Paul is Paul is reminding the church of Philippi that you know writing about the gospel or telling you know making sure the gospel is woven into the entire letter is not an issue for him to do at all. Like he he, he says that as he says as much, he says to write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. So he says, you know, Paul's basically laying it out there saying I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep you guys Mm -hmm. from making the mistakes that he made as a Pharisee. When he was, when he was a persecute, when he was persecuting Christians, these were mistakes. He he thought he had it all together because of his pedigree, because of his background, because of where he was from, because of what he knew. Um, Mm -hmm. But when Jesus radically transforms you, all of that other stuff falls to the wayside.
0: Yeah.
1: And it should. And so Paul is saying, look, if if it if it takes me writing to you a thousand times, I'm willing to write to mm-hmm. you a thousand times. Yeah. It's worth it to me to do so. And it's good for you. It's good. Yeah. To be reminded of it constantly. So um so let's get into it. Uh verse one, um, really Paul is pointing out that believers need to stay focused on the true gospel of Jesus. Which is what mm-hmm. we we're just talking about, um, and, and I think it's important to to sit here for a second. Salvation is not knowing some things about Jesus. It's not being able to tell the story of Jesus. It's not being able to. It's not doing the religious things <clears throat> like going to church mm-hmm. or tithing or serving or what. Like those things don't make you a follower of Jesus. Yeah those, those know, things really just those things in and of themselves make you like admirers of Jesus but and if, yeah and if you're not having a meaningful daily interaction with him mm-hmm. it's hard to have a relationship with someone you don't interact with it is
0: and you know it's it's funny because a lot of times we like to think or we like to say, well, look at all of these good things that I've done. Look at, you know, I did this good thing. And, and we like to kind of define our righteousness mm-hmm. by—and and this is where I have I have trouble with it because we're defining our righteousness based off of what man has defined as a good action. Right. And and if you if you read through the end of Psalms, specifically start at like 73 and go through maybe 120, 125, If you read these psalms, you're gonna you're gonna see the psalmist. There's a couple of different ones that are writing in in this section of the book, but you're gonna see people who are saying, you know, the very best that I have to offer, everything that I define as great and wonderful, is basically nothing, and it's gonna be what Paul says later on in this passage. Mm -hmm. You know, just to be clear, but but it doesn't matter what we think is good or what we have defined as good using our finite moral man-centered reasoning um it that that amounts to nothing right in terms of righteousness at God's feet yeah unless we have imputed righteousness from Christ then every the very best that we have to offer mother teresa mother teresa's goodness and good works what we would define as goodness and good works, are filth. Yeah, they're nothing, and that and we're gonna hit on that later. But you know, when you when you said that, it's the idea that salvation comes through works is a very man centric idea.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's a very it, it gets it backwards to to say mm-hmm. that you have to earn your salvation by doing. XYZ, whatever that may be. Right. And I think part of the problem with that is especially in our culture, you are so like reward driven. You know, yeah. you do this so that you get this. Like, and we think yeah. that applies to all of every all of everything we will ever experience. Yeah. And Christianity is counter counterintuitive to that. Yeah. Where instead of you doing this to earn The forgiveness of your sins, Jesus has already done what is required.
0: Yeah, like you're already justified. You
1: have to put your trust in (laughs) Jesus, and at that point, it like I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Period. I would argue you can't either. But Mm. I I don't. I don't believe that. Even (laughs) even people who are like they profess Jesus for twenty five years, and then something makes them, you know. Turn their back on Jesus, or they, you know, come out as agnostic or like. I'm not saying that that lifestyle is accept is acceptable, but if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, I don't know. This may be like dangerous to put out there, but like, (laughs) if you put your faith and trust in Jesus at any point in your life, I don't feel like there's anything you can do, or say, or believe Mm -hmm. that would negate. Your faith and trust in Jesus that you put yeah. in him.
0: Yeah. Um, I would absolutely agree with that because if there was anything that we could do to keep or earn our salvation, then salvation is not of God. Salvation becomes of man yeah. at that point. Um there, you know. What you're what you're dancing around here, I'll I, you know I'll jump into the fire pit. What you're dancing around is this idea of deconstruction.
1: Um, oh
0: yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and here here's what I would say to to I mean we've seen fascinating stories of people who who we believe to be Christians or whatever it is, uh, people, and for whatever reason they have deconstructed. They have said I'm no longer a Christian, and. I've listened to a few of these stories and I've watched them and and you know the 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 funny part is as I listen to these stories I'm filled with sadness because as I listen to these people talk and I listen to them share their story and it's and it's clear that they're going through something incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to downplay what their pain actually is because it's it's incredibly painful. But what I've seen is they are centered on what theology or what doctrine or what God was supposed to do for them that let them down, that they didn't understand, that they didn't get. And and because of that, they deconstructed. And I, I'm just I'm gonna come out and say it. That is absolutely, positively exactly what I'm talking about when I say a man centered theology. Yeah. And if all you were in Christianity for is what you can get out of it, you're not in Christianity. You have idolized yourself and you're placing Jesus as the the facade of your idol and your idol is yourself. Mm. And that that might be harsh and I, I don't I don't know that I would word it that way to their if I were talking to them to their face. Um because I wouldn't want to do that but in in my when I listen to these stories and these processes of this stuff going on that's what I see over and over and over again. Yeah. is somebody who says Christianity didn't mount mount up to what I wanted it to be, therefore I'm walking away from it. Yeah. So but when you when you have the mentality that your works, your religious works, whatever kind of works they are, are what get you your salvation, then that's that's ultimately where you're going to end up. Yeah. And and all it reiterates is that you can't earn your salvation. Yeah. And there's nothing that you can do but as as Christians we have a tendency to forget that the gospel calls us out of a legalistic mindset. It calls yeah. us away from legalism.
1: Yeah. that And, and, that's, and that's what that is. Yeah. That, uh, and that's what Paul is. That's what Paul is really addressing here is the, yeah, I mean the whole path. I mean, not the whole passage, but a lot of the passages addressing the problem of legalism, That yeah, the tem the temptation to, to figure out your own justification before God, your acceptance mm-hmm. by God. Um, and ultimately your forgiveness from, you know, forgiveness by God using your own religious works as the foundation of that. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've said it, we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times, you cannot earn your salvation. Yeah. It is not possible. It's not, there's not a thing you can do to earn it. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we, we see Dedicated believers forget what the gospel is. Forget yeah. what Jesus did for them, and they end up going back to legalism. They end up going back to,
2: mm-hmm. "I've got to
1: do X, Y, and Z, or God doesn't. God isn't going to forgive me, or God forgot that He forgave me." That's a, that's the a thing that blows my mind. Is people seem to think that God has a short term memory, <laughs> and like has forgotten that your sins that you've asked Jesus to forgive you of were just as taken care of on the cross as the sins of everyone else. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's (sighs) legalism is a very dangerous place to get into and we'll, i I feel like we're going to hit on that a few different times tonight but it, but it's Yeah, we definitely are. But but legalism <laughs> is like that whole mentality of like you've got to look a certain way, talk a certain way, mm-hmm. act a certain way um or you're not a believer if you don't. Yeah. It's very it's very mean girls almost. Oh, it is. You it know? absolutely like, is. Oh, oh, you can't sit with us because you were wearing the wrong jacket. Like who who cares? Like
0: Yeah. I mean you, you can look at I, I've never been personally involved with, but you can look at um, groups like uh, the Independent Fundamental Baptists that that say women can't wear pants and um, you know women can't talk. And if you if you look at the culture, and and this is not a a broad brush of all of Independent Fundamental mm-hmm. Baptist churches, but there are several examples, um, possibly anecdotal, but there are several examples. Of pastors basically being abusive uh, from the pulpit, and and there are also several examples of pastors who have fallen uh, sexually, morally, uh, who basically get a pass because they're in this group and they're they're in the in crowd. Yeah, and that's not limited to the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. That's that's in the dominate denomination I'm involved with the the SBC. I, I, you know, I think we talked about a couple of years ago. Um, a huge report came out documenting something like seven hundred cases of abuse over a twenty-year period of time by something like three or four hundred different Southern Baptist pastors. Mm-hmm. And and there's just there's absolutely no excuse for that type of behavior from a group of people who call themselves followers of Christ. Right. And and if you want to try to justify or explain or give an excuse for that type of behavior. I'm sorry. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. You know, and and I'm glad that the Southern Baptist convention as a whole has basically said, we're going to stand up for abuse victims. We're going to stand up for this. There's been some dissent in the ranks and, and it's caused a rift in the denomination as a whole, but by and large, that's what the Southern Baptist convention keeps doing. And that's, that's why I'm not afraid to associate myself with them because yeah,
1: There are good people in there. Yeah, I I feel like, yeah, I don't love saying I feel like, but, um, like complacency, um, begets like this idea of, um, uh, what's the word? I'm not sure. Invincible. Like like if you if you feel like. You're doing all the right things, you feel like you can't be touched. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. You yeah. know, and so the that whole idea of like he's a pastor, so we can't confront him about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. No, because he's a pastor, you need to confront you need him to. about yeah. X, Y, and Z. That's that doesn't yeah. give him a pass. He, or that, or that, how many
0: churches will say we can't say something about ex-church member or ex-church leader because uh, if we do, then the Tithers will leave the church. Yeah. I mean, it, if, you, if you're if you going to make excuses like that, then you deserve what's
1: going to, you know, well, basically the, the judgment that's going to yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. So let's keep rolling because we're still in verse one here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got to keep moving. <laughs> so, so I do want to touch on this. So Paul says he's told the Philippian congregation this all this stuff before, like this whole thing yeah. that he's written in verse in chapters 1 and 2. Um he's probably referring to what he taught them in person because he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, I know he says to write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. Um but there's there's some commentaries that think that he's probably referring to things he's told them in person um, and really what he's saying yep. here is that the church will be protected from legalism and false gospels by mm-hmm. studying the true gospel of Jesus regularly and making sure that that's a part of their everyday life um, and so as we move forward just that's something else to remember that like Paul is again it's almost like his whole letter is a reiteration of stuff he's already told them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I think may be a pattern of Paul's. I don't know. So um, so now we're through verse one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move into verses let's two let Let's move three, on. Let's move into verses two through six. So, so in verse two, he calls everybody dogs. <laughs> he does. No. Dude, there, there's an interesting thing about... Uh, when we get down to verses seven through 11, when I read it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, here we go. So... Uh, let's go verses two through six. So, um, so you're gonna hear my clap there. Sorry, um, that's right. So Paul Paul really points out three distinguishing marks of a genuine Christian. If, if for mm-hmm. someone who is professing Jesus is in relationship with Him and fellowship with Him, there, these three things should be true. Um, yeah, and the three things are that we serve by the Spirit of God we boast in Christ Jesus and we put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, Yes. And the commentary that we've been using is, and we use kind of as a basis for our outlines that we walk through here, um, really does a good job of breaking these down and posing some questions that should be reflective Mm -hmm. of, of us as, as we're thinking through these things. Um, so when we say we serve by the spirit of God, um, what that means is that if you are a true follower of Jesus, you're going to possess the Spirit. You're you yeah. have the Spirit of Christ in you, um, and and some of these things. You know, does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Do you worship and serve God by the Spirit? And on what are you basing your assurance of salvation? Um, mm-hmm. You talked about assurance of salvation a little bit earlier, um, and and we do we do need to be careful to make sure that we're not um, putting our assurance of salvation in anything other than Jesus. Um, You get back to the traditions or um, any of those things like, Oh, my grandma's grandma was a founding member of this church. So that (laughs) means I'm going to heaven. It's like, no, your grandma's grandma owned the land the church was built on. That's kind of a different story, you know? So, I mean, so I, it, it ends up being a, a personal, Um, introspective thing when you start talking about your assurance of salvation. Yeah, And there is there's this this thing I've thought of like we may have discussed it once or twice on the podcast. There is no way for me to know if anyone I know other than me has a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like has a true relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I can have very very strong hunches yeah, but I don't know. Like, I, there's no way for me to hundred. There's no way for me to be a hundred percent sure that anybody I know has a true relationship with Jesus.
0: Yeah, we can. I mean, we can base it off of their lifestyle, the words that they say, um, their actions. I mean, does does how they live and what they say match up to what Scripture says Christians should be doing? Yeah, if it does. Then, you know, you have a pretty good general consensus that, yeah, that person was a believer in Christ, they trusted in Christ. Um, they, you know, they confessed that they trusted in Christ. And so you you know, you have those things. But at the end of the day, we you know, we don't know the motives of their heart. Maybe they were really good at saying all of that stuff over and over um and you find you know i think of the story of like you find out this guy that's been leading a double life is you know for like 30 years or something and he's got like two other families and this you yeah. know you're like what in the world um so you, you just you really do never know but at the end of the day you have to base it on what you can see and what you can observe yeah you know what's the evidence of it yeah and, and, that, and that really does end up being a faith thing it does it does and it's the same it really is the same for you now you can have assurance of salvation for your own because you can say, nope, I have put my faith and trust in Christ. I know I have. Um, I'm doing this, this, and this. I may not be perfect at it, but I know that this is what I've done. And so therefore, I am in a covenant relationship with God and, and I have trusting in Christ as my Savior. And yeah. so, you know... That's what that's what I'm talking about when we talk about assurance of, of salvation. It's something that we personally know. Yeah. It's not something that you know for somebody else. You yeah, can't be and, assured of somebody else's salvation.
1: Yeah, and and that's I think that's really the point I was trying to drive home is that the only person you can be sure of is you. That's right. That's exactly
0: right. So, so we have assurance of salvation, and then we boast in Christ. Yeah. Um our glory is in Christ alone and you know one of my favorite songs written in the last 25 years is the song in Christ alone mm-hmm. um, from Keith and Kristen Getty. Um, just I mean the lyrics of that song from beginning to end are just I mean it's it's like doctrine, just all doctrine is what it is. and so um, but the questions that we ask ourselves, Do you boast in Christ or do you boast in other things? Um, Do you boast in Christ to your friends? Do you boast in Christ at your workplace? Um, Does your lifestyle exemplify or imitate uh, a lifestyle that is dedicated to Christ, to those who are around you? Um, Do you use your platform, wherever that platform is, do you use that platform to make much of Christ? Um, and these, I mean, again, these are just questions that you can ask yourself. These are questions that you can use to do an introspective look into your life. And and it's, it's good to do these things ever so often. Um, yeah. You know, I always think about it like something like going to the doctor. You go to the doctor, you know, even if you're not sick, you might go to the doctor once every year or every other year or something like that just to say, Doc, give me a checkup, you know, yeah. listen to my heart, listen to my lungs and tell me. Does it sound healthy? Does does my blood pressure say I'm healthy? Is my cholesterol normal? You 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 can do all these things, and and it is a test, and you can get a general consensus of am I healthy? Yeah, and and we need to do these same things spiritually. Am I acting in a spiritually healthy way? Am I doing things that show the commitment that I've made to Christ? Yeah, so. Mm. We put our glory in Christ. What's the, uh, put our, we boast in Christ. What's yeah. the, uh,
1: third one? So, so we put no confidence in the flesh. And I think that's, um, again, I, we're going to, we're going to continue the assault on legalism here. Um, mm-hmm. but, but our confidence is in Christ. It's not in ourselves, right? There's, yeah, there's nothing about us is worth being confident in. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, if we put our faith and trust in our confidence in Jesus, we're not going to be let down. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, simply put, where is your confidence is your confidence in what you can do in the office or what you can do on a church platform or what you can do in ministry or like what you do in whatever, whatever field you're end up in. Like, Mm -hmm. Is that where your confidence in or is your confidence in, the person of Jesus and what He's done for you and what He's equipped yeah. you to do, um, what will enable you to stand before God and receive His grace instead of His judgment? Again, yeah. where's your confidence? Yeah, and and what are you trusting in? In what or in whom are you trusting? Right.
0: And Paul, Paul, in the next couple of verses, lays out this. I mean, just this assault, and and it's it's really not even fair because. Paul is, he's the guy. I mean, he's the guy that you, you, in school, you hate him because he's good at everything. He's always right. He always gets everything, you know. And, and Paul is saying at this moment, you, you, you want to compare yourselves? I've told you to imitate me. All right. Let's, let's show you. Let me show you who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the, I'm the best of the Hebrews. I'm the best of the Pharisees. I'm the most, I did the most persecuting. I, you know, Everything about me is 100. I'm blameless according mm-hmm. to the law. Yeah. You know, I followed every rule. I dotted every I, crossed every T. He did it all. And then he he switches it around. He yeah. turns the whole thing around. Yeah. You know, um, he didn't put his confidence in his ritual. He didn't put his confidence in his ethnicity, in his rank, in his tradition. Uh, these are all things that were listed there, and and it, they're telling us not to put our confidence in the same thing. Yeah. Um, but but at the end of the day, anything other than Christ that we put our confidence in, we're idolizing. We're saying that we can do it better than what God has
1: provided for us. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and so at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what Jesus has done for you. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you came from, what you do, where you serve, or, or what position you hold, or mm-hmm. the things you do that the church down the street does different, or yeah. how well you keep the man-made rules that your church is instilled. That's a. I feel like we're like completely. Dashing legalism tonight but sometimes we are but paul completely back he does it. i mean that does i mean
0: you got the whole book of galatians which is i mean it's a diatribe on legalism yeah if you want to go study that just go read galatians um but, you know even, this is like six verses yeah but even like
1: this whole thing like the last the last one in the list is don't put your confidence in your obedience to the law yeah like that's the whole thing that like you could follow the law to a perfect T. And if you don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because Christ
0: came and fulfilled that. That's that's the whole point. Yeah. Is Christ has already done that work. So you don't have to do that work. Mm. And and Gosh, legalism no. says you have to
1: do that work. How freeing is it to know that like the law that we could never have fulfilled? Like we mm-hmm. never could have followed, we never could have followed it exactly right. We don't have to. Yeah, Jesus has said, "I've I've taken that and fulfilled it, and all you have to do is follow me." Yeah, and trust me, and live for me, and be more and more like like that's. I don't know about it. it it's not the, it's not liberty to keep living in sin, but like when no. you inevitably mess up it's not it's not the end of the world it's,
0: yeah it's it's not liberty to say you can dispose of the law mm-hmm. but it is liberty to say you know what i did mess that up but it's but i've got uh i've got my sins covered in christ yeah. you know i've got my mess ups covered in christ yeah. when i do mess it up christ has covered it because christ did it perfectly and i'm not relying on the way i do it i'm relying yeah. on the way christ did it
1: There's grace for that. (laughs) As your favorite, as your favorite. uh, That's right. Whatever would say. That's right. So,
0: Paul assaults legalism here. And then in verse seven, he's going to transition. He's going to talk about knowing Christ and Mm -hmm. what it means to know Christ. And, and he, you know, this is one of my favorite passages. For the record, this is one of my favorite passages of Paul because he uses my favorite word in all of the Greek language. Um, and and we're gonna get to talk about it tonight. So I'm I'm so excited that we get to do this. But he's calling his religious accomplishments filth mm-hmm. um or rubbish is the way I think it's translated in a couple of couple of versions. I'm trying to see, I think mine said rubbish. Mine says Um filth. Let's see here. Blameless whatever I did, verse seven. Where are you at, verse seven? But whatever I had I gained, I count as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I counted everything lost because of the surpassing knowledge of Christ. I counted them as rubbish. So um, mindset says rubbish at, compared to knowing Christ, compared to being in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he uses this term, um, the term that he uses is scubalon, um, and <laughs> and I have this thing where I will ask people, I'll be like, if you don't know Paul, you don't know scubalon, because uh, this is an incredibly vulgar term. Okay,
1: you were like um, a giddy middle school boy. I'm watching oh, you get ready to talk about this, <laughs> and you're like a giddy middle school boy <laughs> talking about like the one thing that he knows he shouldn't be talking about
0: <laughs> that's exactly what it is um so you know and and this is this is part of the reason I love this because remember this is Paul inspired by the holy spirit not everything that Paul wrote down every letter everything was was adopted into scripture but this was so this is like the good
1: version of Paul okay <laughs> Can you imagine, like the uh, like the uncensored version of Paul? That's not oh my inspired gosh. by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if he's if this is getting left in Scripture, like, I'm... yes. So
0: this is an incredibly vulgar term. Um, it is the equivalent of of. I said it last week, and I'm not going to say it again this week. It's poop. You know, call it what you want, um, but that's basically what Paul is is equating. Yeah legalistic righteousness to. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's so appropriate to me that he would do that right after he's basically listed. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. You, you're never going to surpass what I surpassed. You're never going to be better than what I was in the Hebrew, um, in the law, being a Pharisee. I am the best. And all of that is basically dung is poop mm-hmm. you know is what he said and you know you almost don't expect it but then part of you does expect it as well yeah because because he's i mean he is saying this is the best and the best is basically way over here what you thought was good and it's nothing yeah it was absolutely nothing and if if that right there doesn't show the depravity of mankind then i'm not sure what does Mm. Because we sent, we tend to think that in our best that we have to offer in what we define as righteousness, what we call good works done for God, whatever it is, you know, Paul thought that he was working for God. He was doing everything that the religious people describe prescribed for him to do. Yeah, and then after knowing Christ, after encountering Christ, guess what? He called all of that basically the excrement of of his existence. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't understand how you can't see the, the deep depravity that is in the heart of man because Paul was the best of it.
1: Yeah. I also think it shows, like, the radical, trans- it, I mean, we know about the radical transformation of Paul, but mm-hmm. I think it even shows more how radical that transformation was. Because right. here's a guy who lived his whole life to follow the law of the, of, to follow Jewish law, mm-hmm. I mean he—he's raised up. He is a very powerful, high authority figure in the Jewish government, yeah, more or less, and is going around persecuting and murdering and and doing all these things against the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus, he has an encounter where Jesus is radically transformed, and now he's saying the thing I devoted my entire life to from Mm -hmm. birth, is BS. Basically. It's it's basically (laughs) what he's saying. It it is bull crap, is what he's saying. And and, and if Paul is writing that, and we have these letters from Paul that are so full and so deeply rich in doctrine Mm -hmm. and theology, like, how much more is my, like, very simple understanding of the gospel, you know. Very simple understanding of who Jesus is. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that murdering Christians experience. You know, I don't. I don't have that. <laughs> I wasn't strung out on drugs before Christ saved me. You know, I. I wasn't addicted to crack. So it, I mean, but <laughs> it's it's just very like I don't see how anyone could read the words of Paul. Mm-hmm. and argue that he did not have an encounter with jesus yeah like a real encounter not like a hallucination or a, <laughs> or whatever like he physically encountered Jesus on the road to damascus yeah. i don't i don't see how anyone could look at his life before and his life after and say yeah that meh. i don't I know think you maybe. might have exaggerated that a little bit he may have been high we don't know so <laughs> i don't but i mean i think that she just shows how dramatic the transformation of Paul truly is. yeah. And really, when you think about it, our lives before Christ and our lives after Christ may not, like the outside may not look that dramatic, Mm -hmm. but the inside is equally as dramatic because you're dead in your sins. You are destined for hell before you know Jesus. Yep. You encounter Jesus. You come to know him. You put your faith and trust in him. Mm -hmm. And now you're living for him and your life is should it, your life is different it should be different yeah. and if it's not then maybe you didn't have a real encounter with Jesus um but your life is different and and you're you're living for him and doing things for him yes you're not murdering Christians and then writing books of the bible <laughs> but i mean what happened on the inside is the same yes
0: yep so you're exactly right and what Paul is is leading into what he's going to talk about for the next three verses nine, ten, and eleven is the process that we have talked about on here a ton, mm-hmm. and so we're going to hit the highlights of this, and, and we're going to hit it kind of in the in the way that the the book, the commentary that we're using lays it out. But we're talking about justification, sanctification, and glorification. Yes. Um, you know, just to hit on real quick, justification is you're declared not guilty. You are declared righteous because you have Christ's imputed righteousness in you at the point of salvation. Yeah. And so you are saved, but you are also being saved, which is sanctification process. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about um, working out your salvation with fear and trembling a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That's that sanctification process. And then you have glorification you will be saved, and and all three of these, I guess you could, uh, not versions, but all three of these declarations of salvation, you are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved, are all used in Scripture. Yeah. And and so, let's break down just a little bit, let's break down each one of these, let's start with justification.
1: Yeah, so justification um, is basically we trust Christ alone as our righteousness, Um mm-hmm. And when you talk about righteousness, especially with Paul, Paul was blameless. Um, yeah. In the eyes of the fir- pharis- Pharisees, Pharisees, Pharatical—what would be the word there? <laughs> Pharisaical. <laughs> the fair phari- the law of the Pharisees. He was blameless. He he was doing all the things he should have been doing. He he knew mm-hmm. he he memor had scripture memorized. He was doing the things. Um, yeah. But he was not sinless. He could never live up to sinless perfection. Um, and he needed someone else's righteousness in order to be justified. Um, and remember, only righteous people are going to heaven. None of us are righteous. Therefore, what, we need a source of righteousness, which is yeah. who and what Jesus is. That's um, what
0: Romans 3 teaches us right there. Dang right. right.
1: Um, sometimes... <laughs> justification and I've heard this before justification gets defined as just as if I've never sinned and I don't Mm -hmm. hate that definition but it leaves a little bit to be desired because you're like well if I've never sinned then like that's just kind of a neutral stance you know it's like I've never done bad I've never done good Um, and the commentary says it's more than that it's more than just as if I've never sinned it's more like just as if I always obeyed. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's not that we'd move just from negative to neutral. We move from negative to positive. Yeah. And I I really like that definition of it that just as if I've mm-hmm. always obeyed. Um, because it really is. If, if we are declared righteous by the blood of Jesus, our sins have been cast as far as East is from the West, right? We've been. Yeah. We've been justified, we've been made new in the eyes of God, mm-hmm. and our sins are no longer keeping us from eternal relationship with with god,
0: yeah that's I mean that is like that's the epitome of the imputation of Christ's righteousness right there mm-hmm. um you know, when we talk about something being imputed imputed or imparted to us. That's exactly what we're talking about because we've talked about on this on this podcast. We've talked about the active obedience of Christ, mm-hmm. and and it's that Christ lived the life that we couldn't live, but he died the death that we should have died, and so we get credit for his life. Mm-hmm. He gets credit, or he basically takes our death, mm. and that's the that's the great exchange or the great swap that happens. Um, by the imputation of of Christ's righteousness to us And so I, I love that you know that that we are we are obey we are seen as obedient mm-hmm. but not because of what we did yeah. not because of an action that we took, but because of the actions of Christ and his obedience and that's what gets imputed to us. if it's if it's just as if we obeyed, and it's nothing that we can earn nothing that we deserve um i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna jab this one real quick could you might even call it reckless
1: I think you might could <laughs> as I, Sorry. As, I, as, I was, as I was typing up the notes I was like okay Corey Asbury where are you at <laughs> you might
0: could even call it reckless yes that's that's a jab for all my all my uh worship leader friends out there. Uh, who don't like that song? Anyway, I think um, it, I think it's a great song. Personally, <laughs> I do too. I, I,
1: I, I like the song. I have no issue with it. Um, I understand the poetic. This is a diatribe. I <laughs> I, I understand the poetic choice of the word. Um, yeah, you maybe could have used a different word, but he chose not to, and I don't think it takes away from the meaning of the song at all. So. so here, all, all of my
0: friends who uh, tend toward a Calvinistic or Reformed point of view say the song does violence to God because God doesn't act in reckless manners. Okay, that that is a fair argument. I don't agree with it, but it is a
1: fair argument. I mean, um, you could say that him sending his son to die for the sins of an entire species that chose rebellion instead of just listening to him Could also be reckless. You could. I mean,
0: or, or this is my favorite one because Mister Leans Reform Theology, the the Reverend, you can't touch him, John MacArthur, Doctor John MacArthur uh, once called the gospel scandalous, Mm. and so scandalous and
1: reckless are kind of
0: synonymous. I (laughs) I didn't hear any uproar about that but i did hear uproar about reckless anyway uh, the reckless love of god but any
1: i i digress i digress I move even on. <laughs> though i don't agree with the argument against it
0: <laughs> that's right um so that's justification mm-hmm. we we've hit on justification let's let's spend just a second on sanctification because we've done this before yeah um christ we are becoming more like christ that mm-hmm. is the process of sanctification we're not perfect we don't we're not expected to be perfect. We're, we're going to make mistakes. Um, God allows us to make mistakes, to teach us things. It's, I mean, all of this, just because you you sin doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. You have to, you know, you have to like get all resaved again and go to the altar and cry and do all that. No, it's, it's not. No. The process is you realize your mistake, you repent of your sin, and then you continue on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you continually learn and become more and more like Christ. And yeah. you know I think the example that I've used on on the difference between justification and sanctification is a um, a somebody who's charged with a crime and they go to court and then through the court process you're declared not guilty for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. okay? Pick a reason it doesn't matter. But justification is the moment the judge or the jury says not guilty. You are justified at that point. But what you have to do after that process, regardless of if you did or did not commit that crime, is you have to earn back the trust of the society around you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because society is going to see you as that person who was tried for that crime. Mm-hmm. And you have to continually show them, and you might mess up, but you're going to continually
1: show those people, no, I'm not that person that was charged yeah, by that know. crime. You've got to be showing that them that you're trying to not be that person yeah. Regardless of if you were guilty of the crime or not. Yes. And and for someone who
0: is who has been radically changed like Paul was, showing this process is never going to be boring. Knowing mm-hmm. Jesus is never going to be boring. Yeah. And our sanctification will show that. Yeah. Um, our love for Christ, in our love for Christ, we should be wanting to know him more. We should be wanting to seek him more. We have, you know, 66 books that help us understand him more, yeah. study it, learn it, read it. If you don't understand it, ask questions about it. It's okay to ask questions. Yeah. That's part of the sanctification process. Yeah,
1: if, if there's something you don't understand about anything you're reading in Scripture, asking literally anybody mm-hmm. that you respect from a like theological point of view, like your pastor or small group leader or friend, like fellow believer, like whatever. Oh gosh. I just hit the button on my chair. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) That was great. uh, We're going to put that video up. (laughs) No, that's fine. No. So, but like, but asking those questions doesn't make you any less of a believer. No. Wanting to know or under better understand who Jesus is and -hmm. his character may require you to ask questions from people that know more than you. And there will always be yeah. somebody who knows more than you. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can tell, but Anthony knows way more about <laughs> theology and doctrine than I do. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like having, you know, mind explosions all the time. Um, and I feel like when I'm talking, Anthony is like, uh-huh, 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 yep, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> No
0: way man. I like watching it. I like watching people grow. No, so
1: so but but you know we we should always be striving to grow. We should always be striving to be more like Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, that growth should be something you long for and mm-hmm. never get tired of doing. You should never get tired of learning more about Jesus.
0: Yes. And then we are glorified we uh, turn into fat angel babies. We get wings. We have arrows that we shoot at people that are shaped like hearts. I think you're thinking of cherubs. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Cherubims? Heck yeah, I am. I'm going to be a cherubim. I'm going to be a fat baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's Sorry, that just went way off the sideways. So.
1: I didn't need that image. Come on now.
0: <laughs> Me floating on a cloud shooting little heart arrows at people. That, you didn't need that image in your life? I line? didn't need
1: a fat baby bearded. angel bearded with your face <laughs> shooting arrows at people. I didn't need that in my life. I'm going to make a meme out of that. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. Okay. But, no. But yeah, glorification is like when our time on earth is done. When when mm-hmm. God decides that we have finished our work here. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say just like died. Like like God <laughs> that is, is a little morbid, but yeah, it's like, pretty much what like happened. God's <laughs> done with you at that point. So God's yeah. done with you with your, with what he has for you on earth. He calls yeah. you home and you begin your eternal celebration of being with Jesus. Worshiping the Lord. Worship the Lord.
0: <laughs> yeah. We anticipate our resurrection is mm-hmm. what we do. Yep. And, and that's the way, I mean, that's the way Paul ends this. Um, and verse 11, he says, uh, I'll pick it up in verse 10. In verse 10, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And, you know, he's not talking about something weird or, you uh, Something crazy, right there. You know, when he's talking about the resurrection of the dead, he's just saying that when we die, we go to meet heaven. You know, um, mm-hmm. the Bible tells us it is appointed a man once to die, and then he's you know he stands before his maker. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as a Christian, that thought should not give us fear. It shouldn't give us um, shouldn't make us nervous. It should give us hope. You know, we we obviously don't want on this earth, we don't want people to die um, because we want to spend time with them. And, and you know, we talked about that whole process in, in the process of lament. Um, but a true grounding in your process of sanctification and justification and glorification resulting in the ultimate salvation mm-hmm. of your soul should be one that gives you hope, should be give you assurance. And it's one that differentiates the Christian religion from all other world religions. Yeah. You know, the Christian religion is the only one that says somebody came and did all this for you and you put your hope and your trust in them and nothing that you do is what gets you to heaven, paradise, yeah. you know, call mm-hmm. it what you want. Yeah. You know, everything else is you got to work for it. You got to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is the ultimate, uh, goal i guess you could say of our of our salvation is is the glorified the resurrection um after god is finished with us on this earth amen amen man it's a good discussion michael would you pray us
1: out of this discussion yeah i could do that do it since it's in the notes i'll do it no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'll do it um all right dear lord thank you so much for our discussion tonight, thank you for this time to dive into your word, to learn more about the character of Jesus, to um, be better prepared to emulate him, and um, God, we just pray that you help us to uh, cast aside the um, temptation to fall into legalism, to fall into the uh, works based salvation that says that we have to do, um, have to do the things that to gain your forgiveness, to gain your love, God, that you've, uh, God, you've already handled that. You've already shown your love for us by sending your son to live a perfect life, to die a death he didn't deserve um, on a cross that we should have been hanging on. And so God, um, first and foremost, thank you for the life of Jesus and thank you for that sacrifice and thank you for um, calling us to follow, follow him and follow you. And God, I pray that you help us just to um, live lives where we are um, trying to be more and more like you, um, not to earn your love, not to earn your forgiveness, not to earn your grace, not to earn anything, God, but just, just because we want to be more like Jesus. Um, help us to be uh, focused on uh, our process of uh, sanctification as we as we grow each day help us to spend time in your word and time in prayer with you, um, asking questions when we need to ask questions and, um, having discussions, uh, about the things that, uh, you've placed on our hearts, God, as far as doctrine and theology go. Thank you so much for, um, good discussions, good discussions that will be had as we, uh, strive to be more like Jesus. Uh, God be with us in the next, uh, coming week. Help us to, uh, just the opportunities to grow and to uh, cast aside our our flesh, cast aside our desires, and to line our wills and our hearts and our minds with you and your son. Let me pray this in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to switch it up. Anthony, <laughs> if... Our listeners wanted to find us on social media platforms. Where did they do that?
0: I'm going to see if I can do this as good as you. If you want to get in contact with the Beers and Bible Podcast, there are places you can do that. Instagram, we are at Beers and Bible underscore. Twitter, we are at Beers and Bible P1. Facebook, you can search Beers and Bible Podcast. And you can always go to our website, beersandbiblepodcast.com. I did that out of order. Or you can email us beard. at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. That is all the ways you can get in touch with us. And while you're on the website, surfing around on the interwebs, you can pick up merch. Um, you can pick up fun things that have our faces on them because everybody knows that you want a bald dude with a beard and Michael on your head. <laughs> oh man, no, they you can uh you can pick up anything for your beers and bible needs um and we would greatly appreciate your support in that because it uh would help us buy beer. So, please help us get beer money. And with that, I would like to say that I'm all jacked up now because.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it. I got it. What's my closing line? No. And with that, we hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open. And we'll see you later. Peace out.